0: Welcome to the post-game Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Harrison Fagan, who is wearing that god-awful hat. But you know what? I don't really care. The Lakers just secured the top seed in the Western Conference. They beat Dijon, Dampier, and the rest of the Utah Jazz in, in route to doing that. And uh, and things are pretty good in in right now, uh, even, even despite the Lakers not really wanting to hit three-pointers outside of Anthony Davis. Harrison, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good that was a that, that was a slog
1: to watch in the first half and then that game got a lot better in the second half like especially like towards the end of the third quarter that was a lot of fun honestly. Like and hey you can you can trash the podcast fedora all you want, but all I'm gonna say is the Lakers have clinched the number one seed one out of every two years since I started wearing this so like I, I think the results speak for themselves to be honest.
0: of the time, it works every time.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of franchises would kill for that success rate. Like, I'm just saying, like, I'm available for hire. I will wear a fedora for your team.
0: Like, that that 50% success rate is is the Utah Jazz and Superstars, right, on their current roster?
1: Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's a little lower than that, I'd say, because I'm not sure if they have one, so... I mean, I'm just I'm just amazed to be honest. Like I think it's really cool that they were able to unite Adidas Jordan Clarkson and actual Jordan Clarkson on their team this year, uh, and just get those two together and just see what having like two Jordan Clarksons can do for you.
0: Do you think do you think jazz fans will still seriously say Go Bear should win defensive player of the year despite Davis just dropping 40 on his head?
1: he he's he's still getting voted like when people submitted their votes he was still above anthony davis on a lot of ballots and look like i respect a lot of like people that cast these votes uh, some more than others but like i just i know it's supposed to be based on just this year but come on like we've seen <laughs> what happens to go bear every single time that a game matters or they're playing against a good team he gets exposed like it's yep. just i don't know it's it's like it's just I know his metrics are good. I know that he has some value, but he's clearly, like, he's underqualified for the role that he is cast in as, like, Utah's second or first best player, depending on how you value him and Mitchell. Like, you know, like, they mm-hmm. have two talented guys, but they're, like, I think at best, like, number threes on title teams. Maybe two yeah. in the right I mean, situation, always, depending it on, on the best It always depends on, player.
0: like, how good the number one is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like, it, you could... Mitchell could be the second best player on a LeBron team. Yeah. You know, and, yeah, and I think that team fair. would be all right. You know, yeah. Uh, let's, let's focus more though on the game and then we'll finish up with, with awards talk. Cause I do want to, I do want to touch on some of that because we, we, we saw some coach of the year stuff uh, today with uh, Mike Budenholzer and Billy Donovan uh, tying for that. I, I can't think of any, many more things that kind of solidify how stupid we are at, at, at coach of the year, especially. Well, that was with, the coach association Donovan vote,
1: to be clear. That was, oh. you know that, right? That was the the coaches voted on this one. So that's not necessarily how the media is going to vote.
0: Okay. Well, either way, let's start though. Like I said, though, with the game, Anthony Davis is going to be the story here. He finishes the night in 39 minutes. He play, he He shot 13 of 28 from the field, four of eight from three point range, 12 of 15 from the free throw line, uh, Twelve boards, four assists, three steals, a block, only one turnover, uh, and and uh, forty two total points on the evening. And
1: would I, you say it's fair to say he heard the criticism of his last game and he saw some of the buzz about Gobert getting voted over him for Defensive Player of the Year? Like I feel like LeBron just read him articles and the list of names of people that had voted Gobert over him to lead up to this game.
0: That's kind of one of the nice things about the bubble, right? Like, in 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 normal day to day life, an NBA would kind of say, "Oh, well, I wasn't able to catch it. I have a zillion other things going on." They're in the bubble; they ain't doing jack crap. Yeah, their whole film <laughs> session
1: was just Vogel playing clips from podcasts where guys talked about that D- AD was overrated defensively.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was wild to 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 see the response to that, and then to see him respond the way that he did. Again, we don't know if it was specifically against some of the criticism there. But I will say, look, we know what LeBron is capable of. Anthony Davis in the playoffs is pretty incredible. Jonathan yeah. uh, Sharks was, put a, a really good article together about it's pretty insi- insane to think that, you know, half of AD's playoff career was played against maybe the best team of all time and yeah. still has insane numbers. Yeah. Right? So – so, you know, we, we know what he's capable of in those prior years. But in a lot of the matchups here that we're looking at that the Lakers might be going into, Davis is the separating factor. You know, he's, he's, the, he's the guy that the Clippers have no matchup for. He's the guy that if he plays up to his, uh, to his abilities and Houston tries to go super small, he can actually deal with that and punish everybody on the court uh, for, for that strategy on their part. We saw what he did to the the likely defensive player of the year again, in in Rudy Gobert. It's like something, if, if, their
1: strategy to deal with Rudy Gobert was to have AD start taking him off the dribble. Like it was, yeah, <laughs> they're just like, no, actually, like you should just go right at him. Like it was not that was that was the main adjustment. It was like just outrun him and like you're gonna be fine.
0: It's funny because you know people. I think it's easy to forget when it's on TV that ad is seven feet tall or he is as big as he is because he moves so fluidly and and yet there he is like a a seven footer a legit center seven footer because like kevin durant is also seven feet tall but he's always been a wing right yeah anthony davis is a big imposing defense. It's like a center
1: body type. You know, like KD yeah, is like, KD's really skinny. Center. Yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> AD like has some muscle to him. Like he's skinny compared to like traditional centers. But yeah. like he he would be a big power forward in any era.
0: Like and yeah. and yeah. And there he is doing that. Like dropping he, a, a step back three pointer uh at the top of the like one of the, the the toughest shot probably on a basketball court is that that centered spot uh three-pointer that he hit as Rudy Gobert is fouling him for a four-point play it's just I was watching with my little brothers because they're both in town and the three of us all grew up playing basketball and we just we just all started laughing like what the hell what do you do yeah, you you can't do anything against that it's like it, it's just there. there's even these like
1: little like tiny things throughout the, the course of the game that I think I found myself appreciating because it's been so long without basketball more like AD at his size should not be able to throw like a, you know, like a bounce pass on, um, like, like a bounce pass on the break and for transition. a layup. Yeah. And like to be able to dribble the ball down the court and like play point guard basically at the end of games. Like he just should not be able to do that at his size.
0: There was a, there was a play actually where Mike Conley, they, they ran some kind of pick and roll and Conley kind of came over to try to swarm the ball. Ad just kind of like casual bodied up, you know, used his body to shield Mike Conley, dribbled the ball super low, got off a shot that it wasn't particularly advisable. I didn't like the shot itself, but it was just like he did that so easily. And you look at how most seven-footers move and especially handle the ball, they look like Rudy Gobert. Like they look like these like really big giraffe-looking people who aren't like are still learning how to move with their insanely long limbs and crazy long legs. And, you know, it's just not natural to be to be that tall. And yet AD makes it look not just natural, but like he's able to take advantage of every aspect of his size everywhere on the court. And so when he has a game like tonight, it really does highlight how lame the, the his last game was. It really does kind of like look make you look at it. And he's like, Why isn't this an everyday thing? Well, What's I, think, going on here?
1: I mean, to be honest, like, I think some of that is like a mentality thing. Like he was trying to make the right play and the Raptors really punished him for that. Like they're a smart defensive team. They knew that he would kick out and they were willing to like mm-hmm. just contest shooters and like live with the results and stuff like that. Like, so I think some of it is that and the Lakers got, you know, like 80 freed up guys for shots. Like they took 43s that game that were relatively decent threes. They just only made 10 of them. And so some, like, of, some it of it also
0: is that Marc Gasol is actually as good a defensive player as he is. As, as as he's claimed to be unlike unlike Rudy Gobert yeah Microsoft exactly that that, that was the other thing that I was going to
1: mention was the Raptors are uniquely well suited to guard AD and LeBron like an AD and mm-hmm. LeBron team like they just have a lot of long talented guys that they yeah. can throw and switch and like can defend those guys relatively capably and create like a wall of arms so like the, the Raptors I, I honestly like I, I said this on a podcast last week, but I'm curious for your take on it. I would honestly like be more worried about the Raptors in a series than I would be about the Clippers, like for the Lakers. Like Mm. I I just think the Raptors are honestly a worse matchup. Like I feel like the Lakers have things they can take advantage of against the Clippers and they could beat both teams, but I think the Raptors would honestly be a tougher series for them.
0: Well, yeah, and and, and uh, Nick Nurse is, I think, a better coach than Doc Rivers. Yeah, you know it probably sounds like a, a hot take or whatever, but but I, I really honestly feel that way. No, last Nick Nurse we... is the best coach in the NBA right now. I
1: think, like, we almost have to agree.
0: Yeah, I would probably say I I, I I'd probably agree with that. Uh, last thing before we throw a break, I, I just I, I had this analogy came to, come to me in the middle of the game, and I knew we were recording, so I wanted to throw this analogy out at you, but. I was watching Deion Waiters dribble, and there was a possession on the wing where he had the ball. He was getting ready for a pick and roll, and he threw a couple extra shakes in there before the pick and roll got there and then was able to get, you know, even more open on the play. And, you know, obviously, he's not super athletic. He's round. He looks like a gummy bear. He's your body Uh, type. Yeah, like, I, I think this is what made me enjoy it so much. It's, like <laughs> it's really, you yeah, finally
1: I, I can, representation. It matters.
0: Yeah, it's like me, Dion Waiters and Jared Dumpling. Like, it's just uh, like, that's oh my, my crew. God, that was uncalled but, for. <laughs> but but, but uh, with Waiters, I was watching him and, and he's really good at getting guys to lean, right? And as soon as, as soon as the defender will lean one way, he's really good at reacting and then, and then taking advantage of it. And I know you're not really a baseball guy, but like in baseball, there did you ever watch the movie Major League? Yes. Yeah. Remember remember the the pitcher who was like, all right, on this part of my head, it's the Vaseline. On this part of my head, it's like this over here. And it's just like all these like weird substances that gave him like a little extra spin on his curveball or allowed for a little extra drop on his changeup. He's like complete junk ball pitcher. Yeah. And that's Deion Waiters. That's that's the baseball version of Deion Waiters.
1: I mean, he is like a just, he's just a weird player, like for this team, for like this era of the league and whatever. But like, it's just, I think it's one of these things where in small doses, it's just unorthodox enough to work. Like, yeah. it's just different and crazy enough that it kind of helps because it just gives you like a little bit, you, you know, To I think this is a decent baseball analogy. It gives you a little bit of a change up. It's just something that like, yeah. you know, like the, the defense is not necessarily expecting or specifically preparing for. And look, like I, I thought tonight was honestly his worst offensive game as a Laker, like overall. Mm-hmm. But like, I really respected and thought that he did a great job of like really digging in on defense. And especially during that third quarter run, like he, he really helped key a lot of that by just getting in passing lanes and like after a really rough first half on defense like really kind of locked in and made a difference there with Caruso and you know that backcourt
0: finished just shy of uh the game best plus minus he he finished plus 11 on the night and and you know like that's how I look at that's how I kind of look at plus minus on a game by game basis I'm not really all that interested in it but if you're either the best on the team or the worst on the team, that's where and and it winds up consistently being like that. That's that's where I start really. And like, if you looked at the,
1: if you just looked at his box score and plus minus was removed from it, you wouldn't think he was that good tonight. Like he had mm-hmm. like he had seven points and like four turnovers and it was on two of six shooting. Like it just box score wise, it was not the best game. But like, if you really watch, like he did make a difference while he was out there in his energy and stuff like that. So like Dion Waiters, like it, yeah, he, he's like the Alex Caruso of this team now. He's taken Alex Caruso
0: spot, like the, like the offensive side of the ball, Alex Caruso. Yes. Like the the team like legitimately has to care about him being out there. Yeah, like that's that to me is what makes him so much more interesting to me than Rajon Rondo. And this isn't to like dump on Rajon Rondo again, but it's just when Rondo was out there, no defense is ever going to care about him. Whereas way they do kind of have to respect some of his catch and shooting ability and they definitely have to respect his his abilities in isolation and and just that as as a tool that the Lakers might be able to go to every so often like you said especially in small doses it, it makes them a lot more dynamic he uh, is for free second he I was just gonna just mm-hmm.
1: before we wrap up to take one more shot at Utah he is for free what for the Lakers what the Utah gave up assets hoping Jordan Clarkson would be Oh poor JC. Not his best game tonight. He's been good for them overall, but not his best game tonight.
0: He got to the bubble and started trying to chug beers with Myers Leonard and <laughs> completely derailed his season.
1: He went no, he was good. He was really good their last game, I think. Like he just went he went double agent tonight.
0: I think I think Ben Dowsett was saying that he hasn't actually been good, but I, oh, I, I might right. have. Had well, that. I just
1: saw a lot of people tweeting about him last game, so I assumed he was playing no. well. But I guess he could have been bad. Am I...
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's take a quick second, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about LeBron. I want to talk a little bit more about Anthony Davis, and specifically the context under which he's been playing, uh, and and uh, and then we'll finish up, like I said, with some of the Coach of the Year in some other awards talk so hang tight we'll come back to that here in a bit so one kind of running theory that i have so far on this bubble and heading into the playoffs is that i think the two big lineups the anthony davis and dwight howard lineups uh are really good for beating up on bad teams. Right. I think they're, they, they're, they're really adept at, uh, on, uh, on being super physical on, and, and then, you know, those bad teams don't really take advantage of what the Lakers are giving up there spacing wise. You know, I I think in, against those bad teams, uh, you know, they can get away with that for longer. But one thing that I think we've really seen here in the bubble is that, the Lakers are are pretty clearly better equipped to deal with the good teams here, the player, the the teams that uh, can take advantage of Dwight being out there and the lack of spacing that the Lakers have uh, when, when Dwight or JaVale are out there alongside Davis. And I, I, it really makes me think that especially as we near the playoffs or when the playoffs actually start. And especially as we get deeper into the playoffs, the Lakers are probably going to have to ditch the, the, the two big lineups and Davis is going to have to play the vast majority of his minutes at the five.
1: I've been thinking a lot about this for that exact reason. Like, because you're like, you're right. Like there's, they've been rough to start the bubble, like to start playing the bubble, like those two, like I think Dwight was like brutal in the first game. I thought JaVale was a little better than him that night. And like that basically the reverse in the Raptors game. And like, I-, I thought tonight Dwight had his moments like out there, like, cause the difference was at least when he was out there, like, the Jazz had to put Gobert on him versus Davis because, like, Dwight would punish them down low if they tried to go small on him, whereas JaVale wasn't really, like, that's just not his style of game where he's going to, like, push mm-hmm. his guy under the basket and get an offensive rebound or, like, an easy lob or whatever. Um, so, like, I thought Dwight was okay tonight, but I'm, inclined to agree with you I think they're I think it's becoming clear that there are more matchups than we thought where they're going to need to go small and for that mm-hmm. they're going to need Morris who's going to have to get in shape after getting into the bubble late like he's clearly not there yet or he would be playing in some yeah. of these matchups a little bit more um and like obviously Vogel is not there on him yet or like he'd be out there and uh mm-hmm. like I, I think the other thing too is like I think that we have to cut like, I, I know, like, small sample size gets thrown around as, like, a justification for, like, not going after guys a lot, but, like, I think in this specific case, there's a, re- like, a really rational reason for it, too, is that, like, Dwight and JaVale are bigger guys. Like, I just think that it's going to take them a little bit longer to find their legs than it will for other guys. Like, they're going to get tired a little bit more quickly just because of their size. It just takes more energy to move that much mass around. Like, I do think that, like there's something to the idea that they are probably more prone to a slow start here after four months, especially with very limited time, being able to be in the training facility or work out in the proper way.
0: Yeah, I think that's all fair. You know, there's not really much I can retort with to, especially that last point. But, you know, one stat really screams at me here that in Is it 14 plus minutes. Minus again? No, no, no. Uh, in 14 <laughs> minutes, JaVale got one field goal up. And no free throw. One shot.
1: I definitely thought he took more shots than that
0: tonight. (laughs) Well, he took two shots to the face. Oh yeah, that. Yeah, we saw that. I was so happy. The Timo Moskov Memorial
1: Award. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Hey, the Lakers won. Yeah. (laughs) How about that? Uh, But yeah, that 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 is a stat that's pretty loud to me. Uh, Dwight was obviously more active, and I think, like, at some point, the Lakers might have to decide. All right, one of these guys is going to get the minutes you know Dwight's Dwight's been better like Dwight has been a better player this year
1: than than JaVale like that much is like not up for debate at all like and I think that's starting to continue
0: in the bubble too and and I think as as Davis plays more at the five one of those guys are gonna have to lose their minutes and to me like you know in a game that the Lakers won by double digits I think JaVale's yeah, he's a or no, they won by eight, but they Javale does finish with a minus four. That's the worst plus minus on the team, you know. That's, yeah, honestly, it's, like
1: it's, it's the lowest rating. The best thing for the Lakers right now might be having those big lineups continue to not go well like as as weird as that sounds but like Mm -hmm. if it does and it continues they're only playing against good teams right now that's one of the things about the bubble is like there's very few like really bad teams here you know because most of them are in playoff contenders you know some of them are obviously better than others the the wizards are horrible Mm -hmm. um but like you know most of these teams are good and so if the lakers keep playing good teams and the big lineups keep struggling at some point like Vogel and the coaching staff and LeBron and AD, like they're all going to have to get together and just decide, like, look, like they're going to have to have an intervention. Like, uh, you know, like with Anthony <laughs> yeah. Davis about, you know, like you're going to have to play center a little bit more. And again, like, I don't want to go, I don't want to decide that that's necessary just yet, because I do think for all the reasons that I mentioned, that it might take a little longer for those guys. I think that these have been some particularly bad matchups for them. Like we knew against the Clippers that they would have to go small more, most likely like in like a lot of series and the Anthony Davis would be more than enough to be considered big against them anyway, just by himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then like the Raptors are the Raptors, like the Raptors are going to cause problems no matter how the Lakers play. And we saw that the other night, like I I think tonight you started to see the big ball, like work a little bit more in spurts, obviously not as much with JaVale, but a little bit with Dwight. I want to see how it continues to go throughout the bubble. And like the first round, they're going to be fine. No matter what, like it's only, I think when we're talking about this, it's really only like the second round and beyond where this is going to potentially become a thing where they really have to make some decisions here i think
0: yeah yeah i think i think that's that's about right uh next thing that i wanted to talk about before we get to the and this is a quick little point but are you concerned at all about lebron's offense like scoring from from a scoring standpoint
1: No, I I think he's load managing in games right now, honestly. Like, I I mean, I saw a couple people bring up the point. Like, I I really think that he is – he already was doing this all season where he would defer, like, the entire first half, try and set up Davis, and then go off if he needed to at the end. And I think that we're just seeing more and more of that, like, right now. I mean, obviously, he's not shooting the best, but – you know it's like he's playing really hard on defense and like Vogel's theory is that that is taking away from some guy's leg shooters legs on offense and like you know LeBron made a couple deep threes tonight but like I can also see that that would affect your field goal percentage like and especially for him at his age playing that hard on defense like you know like I'm honestly not that worried about it
0: yeah I wouldn't say worried the the things so actually are you gonna call him washed again are you gonna like re like like rewashed king double washed king yeah, I mean it's it's too bad that there isn't a oh, I guess they like, he could play for the Wizards, right? The washed again Wizards. Like that's that's what <laughs> Yeah, no, that could be
1: finally how he uh, surpasses MJ's legacies. <laughs> like when he's washed, he's better and leads the Wizards to the playoffs. Like that's something MJ could never do. <laughs> uh
0: no, I'm not I'm not concerned. I'm really not. And and the reason my reason for not being concerned about LeBron is actually some of the same reason why I wasn't too worried about the Lakers offense after the Raptors game. Is that like, can you still create a shot for yourself? And LeBron very clearly can get to the rim. He can get to the line. You know, he can do all those things. And then the other thing too. He was bullying those poor Jazz defenders. Like poor Royce O'Neal to like a hilarious
1: degree (laughs) at points tonight where he just decided he wanted to score that time and just basically shoved him under the basket and like was getting layups. It was kind of hilarious.
0: Yeah. and, and But find, find me a single player. Maybe Kawhi is the only guy, but find me somebody who can actually deal with or stop LeBron from getting to the basket if that's how he's going to choose to do so. Yeah. I mean, the, the, ref, the, ref, the refs would be the other
1: guys, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, but LeBron's also really good at like not actually committing a charge there. Yeah, he's he's really good at it. He just accidentally
1: travels sometimes, you know, as we saw tonight. Like, he really, like, he, I think he honestly could have gotten away with it if he had not realized he did it and started laughing.
0: Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Last thing then before we get out of here. The, like you said, I guess it was coaches voting for this. So, so it's not official right now. But uh Mike Budenholzer. Well it's the coaches' and- version
1: of the award. It's the NBA Coaches Association Coach of the Year, which is different than the traditional what we call coach of the year.
0: Right. It's not yeah. the it's not the official award right now. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh Mike Budenholzer and Billy Donovan walk away with it. Uh I I just think, especially with Coach of the Year, we celebrate mediocrity like few things in the rest of the country. Especially like just, when coaches
1: s- vote for it.
0: Yeah, we're so we're so happy when uh, a a team that we think is going to be bad is like not bad or slightly good, but we're so terrible at like acknowledging the fact that and and I guess Budenholzer is the other version of this, but even with him, it's like okay, yeah, Milwaukee got better, but did they not get better just because like they're another year together and Giannis got better? yeah the thing is confusing
1: to me like obviously he is an above a a replacement level coach like he like he's a good coach I think but like mm -hmm. we've seen so many times him not make these adjustments in the playoffs and obviously that's not something I expect coaches to account for in like evaluating his job this year but it's just weird that he keeps getting all this like award buzz when he just keeps doing the same thing over and over again and then doesn't address the actual flaws in like what has been his coaching resume like i'm not saying he's a bad coach by any means like i'm not there just find me
0: what he did different this year yeah like
1: he he, he hasn't had to do anything different billy donovan i get why he got a lot of love from coaches because he survived the exodus of star players and showed how much coaching matters when you bring this ragtag (laughs) group of guys together like every coach loves that like i'm that's why i'm surprised that nick nurse uh, like finished one vote shy of apparently Mm -hmm. a three-way tie, which is kind of funny to, like, think about, like, who got that other vote that, like, kept him from that, but, you know, like, I think he finished, I think Christian wrote today that he finished eighth in coach of the year voting last year and then, like, really put on a clinic during the whole playoff, so, you know, like, and Vogel, same thing, like, Vogel has obviously done an incredible job, I think, for the most part this year. Even you, who have been critical of a lot of the things that he's Mm -hmm. done, I think would agree that he, for the, like, he has been at, like, at worst, probably a B-plus coach this year. Like, and, you know, like, I think he just gets dinged a little bit in votes like this because he has LeBron and AD.
0: Yeah. Well, he's the beneficiary of one of those superstar exoduses. Yeah. You know, Uh, but, but also, I mean, like, it also has to be pointed out that like with these coaches and with the decisions that they, that they make here that like, I don't know, I, I how long have we been making the same complaint about coach of the year? How stupid is it that Greg Popovich has won? Phil Jackson has won. Like, it makes no sense whatsoever that that like looking back on this stuff, that is the case. And yet year in, year out, we still vote the exact same way. They're just like, going to name the
1: award after Popovich after he retires or something like that. Like, you know, that like that's the only, like he, you know, Phil Jackson obviously deserves more than one as well. But like Pop is like, now he's like, figuring out how to maybe get the Spurs into playoff contention <laughs> like when they're like DeMar DeRozan and like a D-League team basically like
0: yeah I mean that'd be a great way to celebrate mediocrity is to name it after <laughs> Greg Popovich
1: I'm just saying like he's clearly like a great co- like one of the best coaches ever and you know I think he's lost his fastball a little bit the last couple of years but like you know the the fact that he and Phil Jackson only have one each is just absurd like
0: do do we kind of sort of just called Dion wait like equate Dion waiters approach to basketball <laughs> and Greg Popovich's current state as an NBA head coach
1: yeah I've, I've often said really that a Popovich. yeah I've <laughs> often Popovich. said that Greg Popovich is the Dion waiters of coaches you know <laughs>
0: That's, that's amazing. I don't, the show's not going to get any better. So let's just call it, (laughs) this is, this is called the other
1: awards. Well, you know, somebody else will talk about, they'll talk about those at some other point.
0: (laughs) Whenever they're voted on Uh, that is going to do it though, for this episode of the silver screen and roll recap podcast Uh, name is pending, but thank you guys very much for tuning in. The Lakers as mentioned at the top of the show have secured the top seed in the Western conference the first to do so after there was some kind of stat that they had. Oh, the first I, I know I,
1: it's, it's their first number one seed since 20, since 2010. It's their first time making the playoffs since 2013. I know how we're going to end this show really quick. Okay. Your favorite moment of like the bad Lakers teams, like your favorite, just like bad Lakers teams moment, like just over the journey to get here. Just like, let's give people like, uh, let let's, uh, let's reminisce with people of like all the stuff that we have endured to get to this point.
0: So the Lakers were playing the Celtics. I forget which year this was, but this was, this was pretty early on in the tanking process. And I found myself rooting like hell, like cheering beyond all hope at the fact that the Celtics forced overtime and then would eventually go on to win. It's not in a good overtime. memory. That's a low point in your life. I mean, I Please had to lot Tell Pete of that fun. story
1: on Locked on Lakers next time you record with him and see if he just hangs up.
0: <laughs> I'm about to talk to him right now. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, it's – uh, it's, the reason I bring that up is because, like, look how far we've come. Like, it's just – at one point I was rooting for the Celtics because we needed an extra ping pong ball to draft, like, D'Angelo this is like Russell. a support
1: group meeting for you. You're like, yeah, that was my lowest point for me. I was, I was sitting there. I was rooting for the Celtics, man. It was rough. Like, I'll have sex with
0: you for a ping pong ball. Oh like, my God! All right,
1: um, mine was, was mine was definitely Kobe being furious at like Jordan Hill, Carlos Boozer, of. Jeremy Lin. Like, I think Nick Young. I think that was the four that were, like, celebrating after, like, a meaningless, like, March win, and it was, like, they, like, I think they played the clip for Kobe on Kimmel, and he clearly, like, wanted to go and fist fight those guys, like, right then, like, wanted to leave the (laughs) studio and drive there and, like, beat their ass, like, that was, that, you know, it was just, like, it was just stupid stuff like that, like, that that was, those were the only fun moments when it was just, like, yeah, you know, when players turn themselves into memes and you know like like the, the ice in my veins with D'Angelo Russell like in a year when they won like probably like 17 games or something like. <laughs> yeah
0: you know, <laughs> remember, remember when D'Angelo Russell is going nuts for having done something incredible on the court and Byron's just behind him. with Yeah, the, D'Angelo the Russell's like,
1: f- like flapping his arms like a bird going crazy yeah. and Byron's just like <laughs> glaring at him and is like, all right, God, that's five more minutes on the bench for him until he learns how to be a man. <laughs>
0: Where Timothy Mozgov, like we already alluded to it, but the streak of getting hit in the face. Yeah, it was win. like seven games in a row where he got hit in the face. They won. like <laughs> Both you and I, our mentions every time that was going on. Were I, like going there would be times where I like. I would, oh my God, he got hit in the face.
1: <laughs> yeah, you like get up and go to the bathroom or something and you come back to like 20 tweets about yeah. <laughs> like Timothy Mozgov getting hit in the face.
0: Yep, yep. And here the Lakers are back atop the Western Conference uh, for the first time since 2010. In 2010, the Lakers won the championship. So, you know, might be yeah, a good Yeah, I think the sign. spectrum
1: graphic was like every year they've had the number one seed, they've won the title, or like almost every single year. Like, so I would say that's go. a pretty good omen there.
0: I'll take it. Uh, that's going to do it, though, for tonight's episode of the uh, podcast. Make sure you guys are tuning in for all of the shows across this entire feed. Uh, we have some great combinations, and we have some fun for, for you know, post games and stuff like that, so make sure you guys are tuned in now that we are really ramping up towards the postseason now. It's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers handle their minutes from this point forward now that they have secured this top seed and and whether they continue to. like, uh, I think Vogel had a lineup out there where it was Deion Waiters and Jared Dudley in at the same time. Don't think that's I think that was like uh, you know
1: uh, how when your iPhone like it's or your phone's messing up, you have to like hold down two of the buttons. Like I think that was putting in Quinn Cook and Jared Dudley at the end of the half. Like that was just a hard reset of like everything and then he was gonna like regroup and see if it rebooted.
0: I forgot Quinn Cook was also in there for that. So somehow the Lakers survived that. It's always nice to play against the Utah Jazz because you could do a whole bunch of dumb stuff and still come out with a win.
1: Yeah, because they're overrated Uh, and you know, frauds. Yeah.
0: Take that, David. (laughs) That's going to do it, though. (laughs) Make sure you guys, like I said, stay subscribed, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.